Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Episode 10, Resolutions. The 12 Christian scientists from Seattle who traveled to Boston for the Mother Church Extension Dedication Service and Annual Meeting returned ready to build a large, elegant stone church inspired by the Temple of New Hampshire Granite and Bedford Limestone just built in Boston. The Seattle congregation would soon need a new building because they were overflowing their wood frame chapel on 6th Avenue completed five years earlier. To follow the examples set in Boston, however, would require a huge financial commitment by local church members, because while the Mother Church had the financial support of branch churches all over the world, a Seattle building project could not count on outside help. The Seattle branch would, presumably, be on its own. In November 1906, First Church of Christ Scientist Seattle purchased a building lot on credit, setting their building project in motion. The 120-foot square lot was at the corner of 16th Avenue and Denny Street in the Capitol Hill District, east of downtown. This meant their new church would be in a new area. The congregation would be leaving where they had been for the previous 20 years. The rationale for the move to Capitol Hill was not recorded in church meeting minutes. One reason may have been the regrade. The regrade was a massive long-term municipal project to flatten the downtown streets. It was a noisy, dusty, muddy mess of earth moving and construction. Buildings were being lowered, demolished, and remodeled because of the street elevation changes. In 1906, the work was happening on 2nd and 3rd Avenues, just a few blocks from their chapel and near their reading room. By moving to Capitol Hill, they removed themselves from these disruptions that would continue for many years. Capitol Hill had only recently been developing as a residential neighborhood. The district was named in the hope that Seattle would become the capital of Washington State and the hill would become a government center. But it was not to be. Instead, Seattle's upper class built mansions there. The new Christian Science Church would be near the homes of some of Seattle's most prominent citizens. The district was far enough away that it was then like a suburb to downtown. Take Madison Street or Capitol Hill cars, advised the new advertisement in the Christian Science Journal, giving directions for taking public transit from downtown to the new location. 
the Christian Science Church would no longer be located in the center of the regional transportation system of ferries, trains, streetcars, and trolley lines, where people from all the outlying areas could easily reach it. Even the members who lived downtown would have to travel a long distance uphill. The location choice was an apparently quick decision that would have a long-term impact. The building site was chosen by a committee of four men. The board approved their choice with little discussion, and the purchase was efficient, allowing the next steps in the building process to proceed immediately. But just as the building project was getting underway, the church faced a series of issues that threatened to divide the congregation. There was a controversy over church employees involving hiring criteria and salaries, triggering a round of resignations. There was also concern expressed about the cliques and factions that had developed within the church. Also around this time, they literally had to divide the congregation to fit everyone in at church services. Their chapel was designed to seat 500. Regular attendance at their Sunday morning service had grown to 600. They needed to add a second service. Members were being asked to attend the evening service, if possible, to allow more room for visitors at the morning service. The growing Sunday school session at noon had to be moved to a larger space across the street in the old Rainier Hotel. The growth rate of the church was increasing. Now, twice each year, they were admitting 20 to 30 new members. About a third of the new members had already been members of Christian Science churches elsewhere. They had moved to Seattle from other cities in Washington State, Everett to the north, Tacoma to the south, Walla Walla to the southeast, and Spokane on the far east side of the state. Or they moved from other places in the western United States, Portland, San Francisco, San Jose, Los Angeles, Denver, Colorado Springs, Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, Montana, Minnesota, and Texas. A few came from the Boston area. Some of these experienced Christian scientists were already in the full-time public practice of Christian science healing. Some were even Christian science teachers. Besides Alan H. Armstrong, the teachers were Mrs. Edith Spencer Alexander, Miss Louisa C. Eaton, Mrs. Lydia Chase Glanville, and Mr. Theodore R. Hinsdale. But most of the new members were new to Christian science. They were coming from a variety of religious backgrounds. Baptist, Congregational, Episcopalian, Greek Orthodox, Methodist, Presbyterian, Unitarian, Roman Catholic, and even a Swedenborgian. Some claimed no prior religious affiliation. Each batch of new members had to be integrated into the social aspects and operations of the church. Even newcomers were appointed or elected to important positions. 
With all this growth and preparation for building, by mid-1907, there was a larger stirring that needed to be addressed. At the June 7th semi-annual membership meeting, a motion was put forth by Mr. Edwin Randall Hoskins, a young stenographer from Chicago. Hoskins proposed that they mail a letter to all the members with an appeal for $4,200 for the building fund and include a call for unity. This took the form of a resolution that no steps be taken towards organizing any new branch churches in Seattle without the cooperation and support of the entire church body of Christian scientists in Seattle, and that in the meantime, this entire church body, individually and collectively, would unite in energetically supporting the construction of this first church. Once another branch church was formed, then the entire church body of Christian scientists in Seattle shall again unitedly cooperate in the erection of the next church, which will be treated in every way co-equal to First Church. And, this accomplished, the cause of Christian science in Seattle will have been established in such complete unity as to assure all further development being in accord with love's plan. The motion prevailed. The letter may have been intended to quell a possible split of the church into two separate churches. The effort succeeded, but even so, circumstances beyond their control were at work, which may or may not have been part of the discussion, resulting in a second Seattle church. Just a few days prior to the meeting, the city of Seattle had annexed the neighboring town to the north, making Ballard a new district. There was a small Christian science church in Ballard, established several years earlier, with services and a reading room at the Carnegie Free Public Library. It was now officially in Seattle. First Church of Christ Scientist Ballard was now Second Church of Christ Scientist Seattle. Even without any split, the Seattle church body had just expanded. The members of First Church voted to send their greetings to Second Church in Ballard. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.